this 5th of July edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England today. It's the 4th of July. Happy July the 4th, everyone. I think that's what you're meant to see. I don't know what it is or why you do it. It's probably something to do with us in the first place. But I hope you're all having a lovely time eating stuff and blowing stuff up. That's generally, I think, how it works. So, yeah, welcome. Uh, to all of our American listeners. Uh, we've got some Canadians joined us as well. Christopher, Dylan, Sree already here. Uh, join in our two uh, co-hosts this evening. First up, uh, Mr. Dylan Rockford. Dylan, happy July 4. What's going on? Happy July 4th to everyone. Yeah, doing well. Uh, enjoying some day baseball, some hot dogs. I didn't have as much as Joey Chestnut, though. Uh, didn't bet the over. I just enjoyed it. I'm glad uh didn't get rained out. But uh, other than that, I'm surprised you didn't come with a, a, soccer, a United States soccer jersey today. Well, I'm waiting for you to send me one in the pool still, and then I'll put one on. Uh, I've got my um, I've got my LA Galaxy one upstairs, actually. I should have worn that. I've put my uh, Morocco top on tonight, which is of no significance. Uh, to anyone, yeah, I saw Joey Chestnut was undone by the weather, I think. The the weather delay dried out the buns and the dogs, is was my understanding of it. Um, and then he came back out and said, let's get this fucking done or something. Um, so he still took it down. What I didn't understand was the woman who won the ladies' event ate 34 and a half hot dogs. Surely that's 34 hot dogs, isn't it? Uh, Scott Reichel, good evening. Tell me about half a hot dog. I'm not totally sure. Did she eat the hot dog and not the bun? You had no idea. I didn't. That's this is what we're trying to. This is the burning issue of the day, Scott. That we're trying to sort out. Uh, I don't know. It means you might have pushed on it on the over under for half a month. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, imagine that's a proper DJ player. That if you pushed on thirty four and a half hot dogs in the ladies' contest, I want to see your betting slip. Get that. Put that in the Louvre. Um, absolutely outstanding stuff. Uh, so yeah, July fourth. Um, we've got a lot of days ball, which is going on. At the minute, um, who else? We've got a new name. ZZS Plays. Uh, ZZA Plays uh, is a new name to me. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I was just saying before we started recording here, I think I am better at baseball than I am at other baseball. Um, whenever we come on and there's games going on, generally midweek, Wednesdays or Thursdays or something like a holiday, um, I tend to do okay. And that's been the case Today, we got the, if the four games that have finished, we went four for four. We took Cincinnati, we took the Yankees' first five, uh, we took Miami on the run line, and we faded Wayne Wright, who got spanked. Um, and we took Minnesota on the run line. Uh, Texas are going to win in a rain delay. We took them as well. The Mets are in the lead, uh, remarkably, three to one. Uh, Scott, you took them first five. I took the Mets as well. So we just need the Astros to stretch their legs a little bit. And the day's ball's going, okay, I can't decide if um, it's pure coincidence, which is more than likely. But it might be because I get to see the East Coast teams more and they tend to play earlier. So any day's ball I do see, um, I might have a more of an eye for the, for the East Coast, for the earlier teams rather than the West Coast later teams. But that's all subject to uh, conjecture. Does that imply, does that, imply that you uh, accidentally watched the entire East Coast play baseball? It is, it, yeah, not as accidentally as I watched. Uh, who did I accidentally watch that time? Can you remember who it was? Um, was it Jordan Montgomery? I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, I thought it was it was a Cincinnati pitcher. It might have been Abbott, maybe. It might have been Abbott. Oh wait, wait, no, 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 it, it wasn't Abbott. I, I got to think of the is, other guy's name. It better not be Stephen Matz. No, it was, it was no. He was, was really good for like a month, and then he. I know who it was. Can I answer? I've just got it. The answer, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know the answer until just now. The answer was Ben Ben Lively. Ben Lively, damn it. It was Ben Lively. There you go. Blake Lively. Yeah, okay. My bad. (laughs) SGP and trivia on July the 4th. Who doesn't like a little bit of that? Uh, Right then. So what's happening tomorrow? Wednesday, July the 5th. We have 15 games. We have 10 on the board. We have five off the board. Um, There's a lot of pitching shenanigans. We've had some injuries. We've had some IL moves. 
And obviously with games in play today, uh, teams aren't sure what they're going to do with their pitches. But we've got 10 games that we can fully handicap and then the other stuff that we can give our leans on. Um, we'll get stuck into that once you are made fully aware of the Circus Sports contests, uh, Circa Millions and the Circus Survivor, which are back again for 2023. Uh, $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. The Circa Millions, you make five NFL picks against the spread each week. And for the Circus Survivor contest, you just have to pick a different money line winner uh, each NFL game week. Enter in Vegas, you can play from anywhere. Get a proxy. The boys know where to send you for that. Um, and Sports Gambling Podcast team will be out there uh, that last weekend in August. You need to go to circusports.com for all the details. That is circusports.com. Okay. Tomorrow starts with plenty of days ball, or not plenty of days ball, some days ball for me. 2.10 Eastern first pitch is the Colorado Rockies at the Houston Astros. We have Chase Anderson for Colorado and JP France for Houston. Plus 190 on the Rockies, minus 225 on Houston. Total of nine and a half. Um, now, I wouldn't necessarily want to back France at minus 225. Um, however, you put in the reason he is that price and Houston are that price is the presence of Chase Anderson. 0-3 on the year, 650 ERA. And he's just absolutely miles away from being anywhere near good enough. Um, six, nine and seven earned runs in his last three starts. Uh, the maximum of those was three and two thirds in in pitched as well. Multi-walks, multi-home runs. And in those games, get this, Colorado lost 14 to three, 25 to one, and 14 to six. That's 28 and 25. That's 53 runs in three games. Uh, they've given up when Chase Anderson started. Um, JP, France, for what it's worth, has put together a really, really nice sequence. Uh, good length. You're getting minimum six innings up to seven. He's only given up nine earned runs in his last 33 and one-third pitch. Walks a few, but it hasn't really been an issue. So the two options are you can take some Houston home run props for fun. Or Houston run line, just get up the ladder if you want. Get up the alternate line. Take them three and a half, four and a half, whatever you want, because this could be a cricket score. Um, but other than that, I couldn't see any other way at the handicap this one, Dylan. Yeah, I agree. Now, not in the business of backing Chase Anderson or the Rockies right now. Rockies terrible on the road. And Anderson continues to give up hard contact. You mentioned all the runs that he's given up. And JP France, on the other hand, he, I think he's turned it around in the month of June, especially at home. Only two runs given up at home with a hard hit rate of just 26%. So, yeah, I agree. Better, better pitcher, better lineup. I'll take the Astros run line with you. Uh, Astros run line for Dylan, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm looking at Houston's team total, maybe first five team total, but I really just can't overlook the fact that Anderson's been this bad in the last three yeah. outings. Uh, three and two-thirds, six runs, two and two-thirds, nine runs, three inning, seven runs. Anderson's ERA is 6.5, which tells you that he was actually good for about a month when he randomly was uh, acquired by Colorado. And then since then, he's fallen off a cliff. So Houston at home, we know they play in a hitters-friendly ballpark. Anderson gives up a lot of hard contact, gives up a lot of bombs. And the last two starts, I didn't mention the last the last three I talked about, but the last two starts, six and a third, 21.32 ERA. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> I'll take Houston to destroy him. Uh, give me Houston scoring probably like seven runs on this game. But I don't think Anderson's going to pitch for a long time. Maybe the over-earned runs for Anderson. Pretty much any fade of Anderson I'm in for. But I do think Houston kind of buries him in this game. Yeah, it wasn't the most fun game on the card to handicap that one. Uh, there'll be better stuff ahead. Um, the Mets are no longer winning, Dylan. Uh, the D-backs have gone back-to-back. Uh, Christian Walker and who would follow him up maybe Corbin Carroll again possibly back to back anyway so that's 3-3 three, three. Uh, 6-4 Eastern first pitch is the Oakland Athletics at the Detroit Tigers two lefties going here uh, Ken Waldichuk for Oakland and Erod is back for the Tigers who are a minus 205 favourite with Oakland at plus 172 and a total of 8.5 Scott so I want to blindly fade Oakland because, of course, why wouldn't you want to do that with Oakland? They're 40 games under 500. Uh, Erod's been very good this year, but he hasn't pitched in a while. 
So I guess it's kind of the same exact script that we just had in the Tuesday game, which was, do you want to back Scooball after he hasn't pitched for the entire year? Do you want to back Erod after he has not pitched since late May? I think I do because he's been that good this season. He's probably not going to go much length, though, so he'll probably go five or six. I like the first five run line for Detroit. They've been playing better baseball lately. We know Oakland, with the exception of the seven-game winning streak that they randomly had, they've been historically bad all year. They're still historically bad. I'm going to go with the Tigers' first five run line. I think they'll probably be up at least a run after five. Waldachuk was one of the Yankee prospects they sent over in the uh, Frankie Montas deal where neither team won. But Waldachuk's been really bad. I'm going to go with the Tigers' run line, probably in the first five. I don't mind the full game. But I think I'm going to put faith in Erod because before he got injured, he was really good, and I'll back him because of it. Yeah, this was tricky to handicap because you don't ever want to see Detroit at minus 205. It seems totally counterintuitive to want to back them. Dylan, what did you have on this? Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, no no lines up yet for the first five, but I'll probably go the same way. I expect him not to go along, but at home, he's been lights out. You know, he hasn't had one bad game, I really think. All of his hard hit rate has been under 33%. Tigers are 4-1 and one in his home starts. And Ken Walderchuk has just kind of been a guy we want to fade on the road. He doesn't go long into games, and he gave up six runs in two innings his last start on the road. So I agree with Scott. I'm just going to blindly uh, fade the A's first five. I, I think you could get him plus one uh, plus money right now on the run line full game. So I, I think they could win by two or more runs. So first five and full game for me. Yeah, completely agree. Detroit on the run line, really. Uh, May 28th was the last time Erod pitched, but it's a jumping off point. This is almost like a rehab assignment in itself. Uh, you get the athletics at home. Uh, you couldn't wish for a better up. And, and I just wrote nope next to the name of Ken Chop. So yeah, pretty straightforward. I do want to point out something quickly. I know I mentioned briefly on yesterday's show some of the odds involved in the AL Central and how the Tigers were like 40 to 1 to win the division, and they're still within striking distance. I'm not saying Detroit's going to win the division, but over the weekend, they got Manning back, they got Scooball pitching tonight who came back, and they got Erod coming back. I'm not saying that they're going to once again actually win the division. But they did get three starters back in their rotation in the span of about a week. They might be a little bit undervalued. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I was surprised I saw that Lorenzen was their all-star candidate. Well, they've got some players in there, like I'm surprised Torkelson and Green. Um, and a little uh, two- or three-week Javi Baez uh, hot streak. Uh, and that could get you enough wins to make you more than competitive. 40 to one certainly worth uh, the five or a tenner. I'll try and get involved, I think. Um, during the week in that one. I agree with you, Scott. Uh, 6.40 Eastern first pitch, the Philadelphia Phillies at the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, part of the series, which is live at the moment. Uh, Philly lead Tampa one to nothing. Tomorrow, we have Taiwan Walker going for Philadelphia. Tampa Bay is TBD with that game ongoing. Um, I reckon it's Yoni Chirinos, unless something happens today. Um, but yeah, we've got no lines and no total on this. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, nothing to uh, really say just because I don't have any lines. But Yanni Torres, last couple games against Arizona, even against the Royals, hard, a lot of hard hit rate. Uh, they did actually lose that series against the Mariners on the road, but coming back home, they are losing right now to the Phillies. But at home, Rays are a team I do want to back. Phillies, they're not a good road team this year, sitting around uh, two games under five hundred, But yeah, depending on the price, I really want to back the Rays here. If I could get under maybe a 140, 145, I think that's a short price. So depending on what the number is, I'll probably be able to raise some some former fashion. Okay, Scott. I actually disagree. I'm, I'm going to lean to Philly in the first five in this one. Walker has pulled a complete 180. He was complete fade material for the first month or so of the season. And he's kind of followed the same exact script as, as his teammate Ranger Suarez because to go through the last couple starts that Walker's made, his last six starts, 36 innings pitched, a 1.5 ERA. He's allowed less than two runs in each of his last five starts. He's been good. Just simply put, I feel like people aren't talking about it enough. You mentioned Trinos' numbers recently have not been great. I'm going to go with the Phillies' first five. I think Suarez, I think that Suarez and Walker have kind of turned over a new leaf. Suarez, I know, got shelled against the Nationals over the weekend, but I do think, once again, with Walker's recent success, I'm going to back him. I think it's a pretty good line. I'll take the plus money in the first five. 
Um, what price do you think they might be here, Scott? Or Dylan, did you make a price at all? No, I didn't just because I didn't have Yanni Chirios there. But if I did, probably raise minus 150, minus 155. Okay. Um, just uh, frantically, I was saying before we started, I was struggling to find a dog uh, tonight. But I like Philly. I'm 100% with Scott. The, you can't argue with those uh, Suarez. Uh, sorry, Taiwan Walker figures at all. And uh, Chirinos has that one outlier bad start, but he does play a dangerous game. I can't remember which picture Scott was talking about last night. Um, he was talking about somebody sailing close to the wind. And Chirinos is a little bit like that. Uh, walk, he does give up walks. He gives up homers. He can give up hard contact. Um, so, yeah, he sails quite close to the wind. I think Philly were a good spot here. Um, and you say Walker's numbers are absolutely outstanding. So I'm going to take a punt on the underdog. Uh, I will take Philadelphia. Next is a 6.40 Eastern first pitch. Uh, it's more off the board stuff, unfortunately. It's the St. Louis Cardinals at the Miami Marlins. No pitcher to be seen for St. Louis. And Brian Hoeing goes for Miami. Uh, no lines at all. Brian Hoeing, I backed him last week. You all laughed. I was bullish. Uh, Atlanta scored about 47 runs in the first inning of him. However, um, the decision I've got here is do I put a line through that performance because it's Atlanta. Uh and I, I'm kind of quite happy to. He's got a 3.72 ERA, and his last two road starts um, were really good. Uh, St. Louis aren't Atlanta, um, is another salient point of mine. So I'd be happy to take Miami again in this spot. I mean, Miami have absolutely duffed them up today, 15 to 2. Um, no St. Louis pitcher, but whatever. I mean, Miami are never going to be a very, very prohibitive favourite with Owen on the mound. Um, so, yeah, depending on who goes for St. Louis, but I'd be happy to uh, take another punt on who in here, Scott. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Kind of the same exact read. I, I don't think that hoeing's that bad. I just didn't want to step in front of a freight train with Atlanta, and the Cardinals are a mess. I feel like even though the Cardinals are undecided with the starting pitcher, does it really matter? Like, I'm trying to think of what the Cardinals' options exactly. are starting pitcher. Unless they bring back prime Chris Carpenter, I don't think they'll be able to actually bring up a star pitcher to actually perform well. I had the Marlins as my lock on Tuesday. They won 15-2. to two. So they, they've yeah. been doing well for me. Miami's a good home team. Cardinals are bad on the road. They're just a bad team. I've, I've been saying for months at this point, I'm waiting for Marmol to get fired. This team isn't close to anything. They're not close to turning it around. And I know that money came in came in on Miami uh, today where they closed at like 170, 180. But they opened up with, at 150 with Lazardo against Wainwright. That still felt way too low. I just feel like Miami is going to keep being disrespected because the odds makers have constantly overpriced St. Louis for the entire season. And they're not any good. So I think if Miami is going to be sitting probably around 130, 140, if I had to guess, it's too cheap. I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the risk of flogging a dead horse as well, we brought up a couple of times Miami's home figures, which are now 26 and 16. But then that mad stat was if you take out the one and eight that they are against Atlanta, uh, against the rest of MLB, they are now 48 and 28. They are right up there against every other team in the league, apart from the Braves, who've perpetually spanked them uh, so far this season. Um, Dylan. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys uh, to the point where it's just I don't even really care who goes. I think Steven Matz actually might go. And I mean, if Steven Matz mm -hmm. goes, I mean, just throw throw the bank at Marlins, to be honest. I mean, they, they can't win who no matter who pitches for the Cardinals. And I, I don't mind Brian Hoeing, especially at home. His hard hit rate contact isn't the highest. So I think at home I was watching a little of their game today and I mean, their lineup is sneaky good. Like Arias, Soler, Brian De La Cruz, Cooper, Segura. Like they, they have some bats in this lineup, but they're they're much better than the odds makers give them credit for. So depending on the number, I'll probably be on the Marlins as well with you guys. Okay, team rise on the fish. Uh, we move on to a seven oh five Eastern first pitch between the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals. Graham Ashcraft. For Cincinnati and Jojo Gray will go for Washington. Minus 130 the Reds, plus 110 on the Nationals with a line of nine and a half. This is an interesting uh, game, interesting pitching matchup, Dylan. 
Yeah, I'm hoping we could get to at least like a plus 120 with the Nationals because if so, I'll probably be on the home puppy here. I like JoJo Gray, especially at a plus price at home against a pitcher who I think he's better than. You know, I, I know the Reds have been hitting the ball well, but I just think JoJo Gray could really limit this lineup. He's put together back-to-back really good starts. His hard hit rate has been 14 and 26 in those two games. I'm going to back him to have another solid start against Graham Mashcraft, who's been awful on the road this season. His hard hit rate is in the upper 30s. Nationals, they're very disciplined at, bit, at bat. They don't strike out a lot. And if Ashcraft doesn't have his stuff, I feel like the Nationals could take advantage of that. So Nationals, they've been uh, they've gone over in both of their games this weekend. I think with their ace on the mound, I, I think it gives them a live shot at winning this game. So hopefully we get there to a plus 120. But for the show, I'll take the home puppy here. Uh, Mets are back in front. Houston lead three to nothing. Um, Scott, Cincinnati at Washington. Yeah, for this one, I, Cincinnati is the better team. It's not even close. So it is kind of tempting to lean that way. But I do acknowledge that Gray's the better starting pitcher. I actually kind of like the first five under in this game, which should be probably available at around five, if I had to guess, because the full game total is at nine and a half. But Ashcraft in his first start back from injury – was actually really good against San Diego over the weekend. Sorry, so he made two starts. Uh, faced off against Atlanta, kind of like the hoeing theory, just toss Atlanta out because that team yeah. is, is, is just too good offensively. Faced off against San Diego, pretty good lineup on paper. Not so much statistically, but still. Six and two-thirds, one run. So Ashcraft is off of a good start. I know that Gray's good. I'm hoping it kind of balances out where Gray can pitch well against a good lineup and hold the Reds to maybe two runs. And Ashcraft might not be the best, but I'm not a fan of Washington's lineup, so maybe that cancels out too. So I'm going to go with the first five under in this one. Hopefully Ashcraft turned a corner. Maybe Gray pitches a gem, but I do think that this line might be a little bit inflated, especially after what happened with Cincinnati for the last couple weeks. I think the first five under might be a sneaky play. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, the, the lines were, were key for me here. Um, I handicapped this before I saw them. I'm going to call an audible on my pick, which I'll tell you about. Because uh, I thought this would be a little bit closer together. I thought this might be a match roundabout on the lines, kind of minus 110 each of two, but it's minus 130 on the Reds. Now, I like Ashcraft. I liked Ashcraft before he was injured. He started the season really well and then sort of fell off a cliff a little bit. But I watched that start last week against the Padres. He went up against Seth Lugo. Um, and they were, and in fact, I think that might have been the mad Friday night game, the, the 2 2 after yeah, nine, which, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the commentators were the announcers were talking through how Ashcraft had come back, changed a few things, and was just not trying to do as much. Um, and all of a sudden, he just regained that control that he had. Uh, and I think he can back that up again. I think he's going to have a solid second half to the season. The PS were fixed things. So the problem is, I really like Josiah Gray as well. He's a he's top class. His last two have been good. He gets no run support at all off Washington. So. It, I was expecting the price to be closer together. At that point, I was going to take Cincinnati. Um, however, at minus 130, I think it's too close for them to be at that price. So I'm going to take the under um, because I like both pitches. Uh, Cincinnati can hit. Washington is struggling. Candelario is going along okay. Ellie Dela Cruz's necklace game was top class today. Um, he was absolutely on point uh, with his necklaces. But yeah, I'll take the under. I think Ashcraft and Gray can both pitch well here. Uh, Washington can't hit. Uh, so the nine and a half seems just a little bit high for me. Next up is a 7.05 Eastern first pitch between the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. Uh, Dean Kramer goes for Baltimore. We have nobody listed for the Yankees and no total, no odds. Scott, do you have any um, inkling who might be going for the pinstripes? Uh, yes, I, I see Vasquez is probably going to get the start. Okay. Well, now tell us about him because I don't know anything. Uh, so Randy Vasquez, bit of a youngster. They called him up midseason. He's been okay, limited sample size, but he's made two spot starts, basically. And so far this season, he has gone about 10 and a third, 1.74 ERA. He's okay. I, I saw him pitch in his last outing, actually, against the White Sox. That was in the beginning of June, though. So he was a spot starter, and then he got demoted, and then they called him back up for this one. So... He's fine for the most part. I don't think he's got great or amazing stuff by any means, but he battles. And you can make an argument that Baltimore, based on the weekend series and the first couple games against the Yankees, they kind of forgot how to hit. 
which is a bit of a concern. Kramer, I like as a pitcher, but recently has not exactly been in great form. Yankees have actually been playing well recently, so I'll lean to the Yankees in this one. I'll lean to the under. Uh, I don't really feel great about the total because Kramer could maybe get shelled, and the Yankees did remember how to hit, but I would lean that way, but I will lean to the Yankees. Kramer's recent form is a bit concerning for me, and I really have not been a fan of the recent skid that the Orioles have been on, so I'll lean to the Yankees in the spot. Um, I wish I'd remembered to back Aaron Hicks against the Yankees to hit a home run today. It was so obvious. I think I feel like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, and then just kind of forgot about that today. Um, but I've been trying to fade Baltimore all season. And then I think like last Thursday or Friday, I made a grand announcement that I was stopping fading them because um, they won me round. And since then, they can't win. So I was either right or I was wrong twice. Uh, I don't know whichever way you want to take it. Um, so Kramer's been wobbling and Baltimore have been wobbling. This is quite a big series because I don't know if Baltimore have got the possibility of getting a little bit of imposter syndrome here uh, if they start to hear the footsteps of the Yankees behind them. Um, as far as the bet goes on this, I've got absolutely nothing because I knew nothing of Vasquez's presence. But yeah, I do um, think Baltimore and Kramer haven't been great and, and Yankees have found their feet a little bit at home in this little home stand. So I would lean the Yankees, but... Um, yeah, they'll probably be a backable price as well. Dylan? Yeah, I agree with Scott. Uh, don't know too much about Vasquez, but uh, Dean Kramer, I'm not the biggest fan of Dean Kramer, to be honest. Uh, maybe you could look towards a walk prop for him. He does walk a lot of batters. But other than that, uh, yeah, they're not really hitting. They're struggling right now. I think me and you were on the pod, Mal, when we were like, hey, we, we might stop fading the Orioles. But now... Now they're just yeah. not winning, and now the uh, Yankees start hitting the ball. So, yeah, I agree with Scott. Uh, depending on what the number is, I'll probably lean Yankees, maybe first five, but, uh, yeah, I'll probably lean Yan- Yankees in this one. Okie doke. We will move on um, after I let you know about Underdog Fantasy and Best Ball Mania 4, which is live and kicking and giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. Loads of ways to win on Underdog and Underdog is available in lots of states too. What you need to do is head over to underdogfantasy.com use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Next is a 7-10 Eastern first pitch, the Texas Rangers and the Boston Red Sox. John Gray for Texas and Brian Bellow for Boston. This one is uh, pretty much a match on the books. Minus 105, the Rangers. Minus 115, the Red Sox. And a total of nine and a half. Um, Again, two pitches that I really, really liked. Um, John Gray, six and four on the year, 321. ERA. He's been up and down in his last three. It's really hard to figure out if you just look at the stats. Um, he's had multi-walks in his last three. There might be an angle in there. If you get a walk, probably he's gone two, two and three walks. But there's no real patterns um, in John Gray's form. Texas are uh, three and ten in their last seven. Um, they're still hitting. They've, they've, looks like they're going to pick a game up tonight. Uh, the lead 6-2 in a game that's been rain-delayed for ages, actually. It was rain-delayed when I went out a couple of hours ago and it's still rain-delayed since I've come back in. Um, Brian Bellows, justifying my faith in him that I've had for a couple of years now. Um, five and five on the year with a 308 ERA. Going along great lately. Two, 214 ERA in his last five. Um, three earned runs um, in his over his last 20 and two-thirds. Uh, Boston have won three and lost two of those. Um, but all five had no more than five runs. Really low scoring games uh, Bellow has been involved in. And that's good enough for me. Um, if I'm seeing two pitches that I like um, with a, a bit of a history of these low-scoring encounters, nine and a half just looks too high. Boston playing a little bit better, won three in a row before tonight. Um, it was hard to take a side, really hard to take a side. Um, the, the prices will tell you that, the books will tell you that. I wasn't good enough to split them, but I'm happy to take the under nine and a half, Scott. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the under. I feel like this line's a bit too high. Bellow's been really good, and Gray's been a bit hit or miss. But for the most part, he's been solid. I do kind of wonder what's going to happen with this rain delay, because is there a chance maybe they resume the game tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know, because it's um, 
of course. But what you know, point do they not just gone. call it off? Because I was out before in the van and I was listening to it, and they said we're through five innings now. This will stand. So why don't they just call it off? Uh, that's a good point. But, but I'm saying if in theory they don't and they decide to resume it because Boston's within striking distance or whatever, then maybe they might have to use some relievers in the, the end of the first game. So I don't know if that's going to affect the availability of some of the guys in the bullpen for game two. We'll see what happens. But I do think for this game, I'm going to link to the under anyway. Uh, Texas has been struggling a bit lately, but I do think once again with these pitchers, this line does feel a little bit high. The bullpens are concerning, so I do have to at least acknowledge that, but I'm going to go with the under. I'll trust my instincts on this one. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on the under nine and a half. Yeah, I think it kind of was instinct as well, Scott. I think you're absolutely right. That's a, that's a good way of describing how I felt about this game. Uh, Dylan? Yeah, it should be a very fun series here. Uh, I made the Red Sox a minus 120 favorite. I got them at a minus 105. I like them, and I agree. I like the under 9.5. I made my total 8.6. Uh, two good pitchers, Bello and Gray. Matt, I don't think you've been on the pods with me, but uh, Bello, he's just been... He's just been fantastic. I've been giving him his flowers, and he's. I really turned around on him. June, in, in my opinion, he's given the Red Sox every chance to win. He just sometimes doesn't get the run support. But uh, the Rangers, they've kind of been in a slump. They, they're going to win today. But uh, the Red Sox, they just got done sweeping the Blue Jays. John, John Gray, he's good on the road, which is why I like the under as well. The under has hit in four of his last five starts. Should be a close one, but... I'll take the small dog at home, and I also like the under with you guys. I think it is only a matter of time before um, a major league team approaches me to uh, to scout for them. Um, I can't see any other course of action there. So when I disappear soon, uh, that is what I'll be doing. 7-10 Eastern first pitches, the Atlanta Braves at the Cleveland Guardians. Mike Soroka for Atlanta and Cal Quantrill for Cleveland. Minus 160 on the Braves, plus 140. On Cleveland, total of nine and a half. Are we going to handicap this any differently than we did last night, uh, Scott? I'm not. You make an argument nope. that the price is a lot higher uh, than it was for Tuesday's game, which maybe would deter you. But Soroka came back after going back on the IL or being demoted, and he was good in his first outing. Six innings, three runs. So maybe he figured something out. Either way, Quantrill has been an absolute mess, and that's against pretty much any major league lineup now he's against, in my opinion, the best offense in the league by a country mile. So I expect Quantrill to get shelled in this outing. I also just don't think Cleveland's that good, which isn't a hot take because they're two games under 500. But Quantrill, so far at home this season, 6.04 ERA. Uh, the last three outings, three and a third, six runs, four and a third, eight runs, four innings, six runs. Have fun facing Atlanta. I'll take Atlanta on the run line, Atlanta team total over. I think Quantrill gets buried in the start. Dylan, are you fading the Braves? Uh, no, not really. The Braves should win this game. I like the under. I got a 10. Uh, I made my total 9.2. I feel like this total is a little high, especially for a Guardians game in Cleveland. The under at home for the Guardians this year, 26 and 13. I know my, my boy Cal Quantra hasn't been good this year, but at home, he hasn't been that bad. Four of his five starts at home have gone under the number. His hard hit rate isn't the highest at home either. And surprisingly enough, the talent in Atlanta lineup, four of their last five games have gone under the number as well. So not playing a lot of high high games recently. So Braves should win this game. Uh, 10 seems a little high, so I'm, I'll take the under here. Um, yeah, the Braves riding that nine-game win streak. Um there's not many streaks around MLB at the moment. I think the second highest streak, whether it be a winner or a loser, uh, stands at three games. You normally hit some fives and sixes around, but yeah, um, Atlanta very much standing out at the moment. Uh, I think Mike Soroka is getting there um, start by start and Cal Quantrill is uh, getting absolutely nowhere. It's the same cap as last night. Yeah, it's boring. Uh, it's an Atlanta run line. Unless you wanted to parlay them, you could parlay them up with Houston maybe. Uh Get somewhere near even money for a for a Houston uh, Atlanta parley. Um, if you throw one of them out. Uh, next up is a seven forty Eastern first pitch. Let's check them on the right day. I am the Kansas City Royals and the Minnesota Twins. We have Alec Marsh for Kansas City and Pablo Lopez for Minnesota. Plus two o five on Kansas, minus two forty five on the Twins, in a total of eight and a half. Dylan. 
Yeah, such an ugly game to bet on. You know, I really don't want to lay over $2 with the Twins. And I need a much better price to take a shot here with the Royals. Total at eight seems about right. Uh, maybe look to Twins first five minus a half, depending on uh, the opening number. But either that, Twins team total over. That's kind of how I'd play this game out. Alex Marsh in his first star of the season got rocked in the last five innings. Hopefully the Twins will be able to get to him. They, they uh, got nine runs today. So... Could be a little revenge spot as well for Pablo Lopez, too, because last time he faced the Royals this season, they hit him pretty well, and the Twins were able to get the win. But uh, if Pablo Lopez is in control of this game, he should get ground balls. Twins should be able to win this game comfortably. So I'll eliminate the bullpens. I'll probably, depending on the number, take Twins first five in this one. Uh, the Mets have absolutely stitched you up there, Scott, in your, uh, your Mets first five. They've walked in the tie-in run. Uh, with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. So there's a little bad beat to add to the list. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Scott, Kansas at Minnesota. Yeah, well, the first thing is that it was the first five money line. So in theory, it could be a push, but we'll see. Okay. Then again, I had Sanga pitching. So, you know, that whole handicap went out the window anyway. Uh, but yes, for this matchup in itself, I feel like Minnesota is going to win this series, going to sweep the series. So I am going to go with Minnesota, but it's really tough to find a bet that I actually like because Lopez has really not been good at home this season. 5.94 ERA. He's faced Kansas City twice, and overall he's 2 0. Problem is his ERA is 4.76. I am tempted by the Lopez strikeouts, though, because in those two starts against Kansas City, 11 and a third, 15 strikeouts. So he's actually done pretty well with the K prop, and he's done well recently with that. I'd probably look for Lopez strikeouts to go over in this one. But for the sake of the game in itself, I think Minnesota's going to win. Is there a lot of value on anything? Not really, but I, I guess Twins run line. Like, I, I don't see much that's worth betting on, but I think Minnesota probably sweeps him in the series. Yeah, that was it. Um, another one. It's kind of the third game on the card here at the. Uh, Houston was very similar. Twins run like I just think Lopez is going to find it, and he was good last time. And I think you have to give him a chance again. What a, what a wonderful chance to back it up with a home game against Kansas City. Um, like Evo was saying, it's a soft, it's a soft spot, and Lopez couldn't ask uh, for a better game. Alec Marsh wasn't terrible last time. It was two Mookie bets home as they got to Alec Marsh, uh, but he did give up six hits and four walks. There was lots of. Um, Ducks on the pond. So a Minnesota team total or run line, something like that. But yeah, nothing very exciting to pick, unfortunately. 8-10 Eastern first pitch, the Toronto Blue Jays at the Chicago White Sox. Jose Barrios for Toronto and Lansling goes for Chicago. We have lines of... I can't find them. There they are. Barrios and the Blue Jays, a minus 125. Lynn and the White Sox, a plus 105. And a total of nine, Scott... I guess I'm taking the Blue Jays at this price. This is an entire series where you should save your money and bet it on other stuff. But for the sake of this matchup, I think it's too low of a price. Uh, the White Sox are still the much worse team. And the record suggests that. You're looking at Lynn's numbers. His home numbers are atrocious. 7.22 ERA at home. Last couple starts, he's been hit or miss. He was not very good last start. Six innings, five runs, three home runs allowed against the Angels. Five and two-thirds, three runs against the Red Sox. Seven innings, three runs against the Mariners. Outlier start because he struck out 16 guys in that outing. Uh, five innings, four earned against the Dodgers. Five innings, five earned against the Yankees. Berrios has been better over the last couple of months at this point. I'm going to go with Toronto. Once again, I don't like either of these teams. I know Malcolm feels the same way. I'm assuming yeah. Dylan feels the same way too. But 125 does feel a little bit cheap when Toronto has definitely been the better team this season and they probably have the better starting pitcher. I'll take Toronto at this price. Yeah, this is an absolutely horrible betting series. This one and the Angels at the Padres, um, just four teams that are as mad as a tree of tits. Like, um, it's just really hard to get your head around. Uh, Toronto sort of befuddled me a little bit as well because I can't remember them ever winning. And then I think I saw today that since the start of June, they've got the second best record in the AL, tied with Cleveland, who never win either. Um, so it's weird how baseball can kind of trick you into these things. Um, I'm out on Berrios and I'm out on Toronto. Um, and then Lance Lynn's last five starts have gone for five, three, three, four, and five earned runs. Um, I just got to take the over, over on the nine and hope some of these talented players can put bat to ball 
against these underwhelming pitches would be my read of it. Dylan? Yeah, I agree with Scott here. Uh, I'm going to take the Blue Jays. I got him at a minus 115. Still like him at a minus 120. I made him a minus 135 favorite. I know we really don't like to take Jose Barrios on the road, but uh, his last three starts on the road hasn't been that bad. Uh, he gave up that five runs to the Marlins, but his hard hit rate in that game was only 29%. And plus, the Blue Jays laid a goose egg in that game. They didn't help him out either. But the other two starts on the road, the Blue Jays won, and Barrios looked good. The Blue Jays have actually won five of his last six starts on the road. So, Gonna fade Lance Lynn here at home. And last time he faced the Blue Jays this season, his hard hit rate in that game was around 57% hard hit. So I, I do think the bats will show up. I agree on the over. I made my total 9.2. But I, I just agree with Scott. I think this number is too short to not take the better team. So I'll take the Blue Jays here on the money line. Um, that Rangers-Red Sox game has restarted, um, I believe. So um, top eight, bottom eight, somewhere like that. Um, eighth inning anyway. Um, eight tennis in first pitch, the Chicago Cubs at the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Luke Steele, still determined to get his... Justin Steele! Um, I was just about to say I'm determined to get his name wrong after I'd got his name wrong. Absolute blind spot. Justin Steele, um, listener of the show, my mate, so on pitch last week, left-handed pitcher goes for the Cubs and Adrian Hauser goes for the Brewers. Minus 150 behind Justin Steele in Chicago, plus 130 on the Brewers with Hauser, total of eight and a half. Uh, Steele, nine and two on the year, 243 ERA. He pitches great in Chicago, win. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, 268 road ERA, so no problems there. However, Hauser's been going along okay. He's got more good starts than bad. He's three and two on the year with a 388 ERA. Hard to take a side here. This is one of those we've been handicapping this series since Sunday now, and you're kind of looking at the same trends every day, and you're trying to find something new to say about the series. But it, the fact remains, they're two underwhelming teams, they're two light hitting teams. Um, it's hard to take aside, uh, but I think it's hot, easier to fade both offenses. Um, the Brewers hit 218 against left handed pitching. So they shouldn't cause Steele too many issues. Uh, and two pitches in good form. I think it's a first five under. I'll just take a slow burner. I took it again. The same thing. I took that bet tonight. Uh, finished on five. So I'm probably a lost, I'm guessing. Uh, that line would probably be in four and a half. But um, yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, there was five runs. It's now four to two in the bottom of the six. So a very similar game. It's going to finish something along those lines, four to three. Five to three, something like that. But yeah, first five under between two form pitches, I think, Dylan. Yeah, the, the first five for tomorrow is at four and a half. Do you still like it under? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm going full game under eight and a half. I made my total eight. Two solid pitchers, like you said, Steele and Adrian Hauser. Steele, he's been really good in his last four starts. Hard hit rate in those four starts, average of 23%. He went six scoreless innings in his only start against the Brewers, and that game ended 3 nothing. went way under the total. And Adrian Hauser, he's been serviceable as well in the month of June. Besides that one poor start against the A's where they had that historic little win streak uh, going, but the Braves at home are an under teen. It, it's a hitter's ballpark, and I think with two solid pitchers, I think we see another low scoring game. So uh, under eight and a half for me. And by the way, real quick, before you send it over to Scott, is uh, Justin still an actual listener of the show? Or is that like a I joke? believe you may have listened to one episode of the NFL show once or someone started that rumor. And obviously, Sean and Ryan just extrapolated into the fact that he's a big listener. I might be wrong. He might be listening now, in which case, hello. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, that, that's my reading. Scott might know a bit more on that. Yeah, uh, for me on this one, I'm just going to go with the first five under as well. A team ride there. Malcolm, good news, though. The total in today's game was nine and a half. So you probably pushed your first five under. In that ah, game. perfect. Happy days. Yeah, there you go. But I, for this one, I'm going to go with the first five under at four and a half. I'm really not scared off by it. Steel, we know, has been really good. You also didn't mention the most important factor, which is Milwaukee cannot hit left-handed pitching. So I expect Milwaukee to struggle in this game offensively. Hauser has had a really weird type of stretch where he was pitching very well in the rotation. Then he struggled against the athletics, four innings, five uh, earned runs. Then he had about eight, about nine or ten days off 
pitched four innings. Then he pitched again one inning on a, on Friday. I don't know why he pitched one inning. And then he went back to his normal routine, and he ended up pitching well against the Mets on Thursday. So I don't really know what's going on with his overall routine and how the Brewers are using him, but his overall numbers are decent. And I mentioned that Steele, once again, should pitch well. I really don't want to lay 155 with the Cubs. I'm just really not interested yeah. in that price. So I'm going to go with the first five under. I think you'll probably see a lower scoring game. Even the game today, you had three runs in the fifth inning. So you ended up having a game that was very low scoring early on. Then both offenses kind of woke up there in the last inning. I'm going to go with the first five under. I see a 2-1 type game going into the later innings. I like the under in the full game too, but I'll go with the first five. Uh, Captain Tino pointing out that um, House is going along with a whip of 1.5, which is going to catch up to you sooner rather than later. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. The Cubs, part of the reason the Cubs are favoured in that spot. 8-4 Eastern first pitch is the LA Angels at the San Diego Padres. Left-handed pitcher um, Patrick Sandoval uh, for the Angels. And Seth Lugo has been confirmed, wasn't confirmed when we started the show, is now confirmed. Uh, it's the San Diego picture. Don't know if that means there's any lines. I haven't seen any. Um, but Dylan, you can have a quick look at any lines on this and then your thoughts on uh, the Angels at the Padres, please. Yeah, I didn't see uh, Seth Lugo going, but I don't know. Depending on what the number is, I really don't want to back the Padres at this point or Seth Lugo for that matter. Uh, he has been going all right at home. He does give up a little more contact than on the road, but uh, Angels, Mike Trout on the 10 day DL sucks. He might miss the all star game, which it always seems to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I've got an update on that. Six to eight weeks is out. Really? Yeah. Tra well, he has a fracture. He fractured something. So yeah. he'll be out for a while. Ooh, well, yeah, uh, but I, I still think this offense for the Angels, they're playing better right now. I know the pot the Padres won last night, 10-3, but Angels, they're a much better team, in my opinion. I'm not in the business of really back in Sandoval, but if we could get a nice plus price, because I do expect the Padres to be the favorite at home. If we could get a nice plus 130, plus 140, I'd probably take a swing here with the Angels. But since there's no real numbers, I don't I really don't have anything here. Yeah, there's still no lines. I've just checked, so I've got not, uh, nothing much. Again, we just talked about the Blue Jays and the White Sox. Everybody involved in this is unreliable. Um, I like Lugo pitched well in that game with Ashcraft last week, um, so I would possibly lean uh, the Padres, and I would like an over. Same, I took the over in the Blue Jays-White Sox for this very reason that um, you've got a lot of talented hitters in there, and some of them might string some stuff together. But apart from that, I haven't got a very scientific handicap of it. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to go with San Diego. Once again, I'm not sure what the price is, so I'll say that with some strings attached there. But I'll lean to San Diego. With Trout out of the lineup, I'm just concerned about the overall depth that this lineup actually has. Maniac I like. Otani's great. I know Rendon's actually healthy for once. But for the most part, that's kind of it. They called up Joe Adele. Good luck with that one. What is it, like the <laughs> fifth time they've tried calling him up and it hasn't really worked out? But I do think the Padres, maybe it's just the fact that they have a certain amount of swagger to them, which doesn't make any sense because this team isn't very good and Soto's trash-talking Otani. I don't know what the yeah, point is, that. but you know, we'll see how that goes. Either way, I think San Diego could be on the verge of potentially making, a I don't want to say a decent run, but I think they might be able to perform better uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. They have a healthy team. Tatis maybe is motivated for being snubbed from the All-Star. We'll see what happens. But Sandoval, I just really don't like. And after a pretty good start to the year, he's been really bad, and he's giving up a lot of contact. Against the White Sox last start, five innings, eight hits, seven runs. Five innings, three runs against the Rockies. But he gave up ten hits in that one. He was very good against Kansas City. Uh, start before that, though, five innings, ten hits, five earned against Seattle. Three and a third, seven hits, five earned against the Astros. I think Lugo's in better form, so I'll go with the Padres in this one. I'm mostly fading the Angels without Otani, though, because Otani and Trout uh, – sorry, without Trout in the lineup. Those two really covered up so many holes that this team actually had, and now with Trout being out, I think the Angels are going to fall back down like they always do, so I'll go with the Padres in this one. 905 Eastern first pitch, the Seattle Mariners at the San Francisco Giants. We did have Bryce Miller listed, uh, but Scott informed me that he's just gone to the aisle with a blister. Uh, so nobody 
um, listed now for Seattle. And Alex Cobb will go for the Giants. Um, no lines on this, unfortunately. Um, Alex Cobb, he's been pretty consistent. Um, you get a short start with a few earned runs out of him. Um, again, hard to take aside. Seattle have been better. They've won three in a row. Uh, they lead tonight, actually. Uh, they lead three to nothing uh, at the end of the fifth inning. Uh, so Seattle are going along okay. Uh, like I say, one three in a row, potentially going to make that four in a row tonight. But no pitcher. It's hard to take a sight. I thought Cobb was vulnerable. Um, I thought he could contribute some runs. I've, I've got a first five over, but um, nothing without a pitcher, unfortunately. It's one of these... Uh, the, these truncated cards with, with the day baseball in Miller going to the IL. So Dylan, do you see any, anyone else listed for Seattle at all? No, I think I, I did see for a sec, Darren Mc, uh, McCorn. It's a triple a guy for, for the Mariners. But other than that, he has a six seventy five ERA though in triple a. So I don't know if that's really who I want to back. Uh, Alex Cobb has been okay. Not not another really guy I really want to back either. Probably a stay away game, but depending on the price, uh, might see myself on the Giants here if we could get a short number. Okay, Scott. Uh, it's really tough once again because you don't know who's pitching and you don't have lines. I do like how Seattle's played for the last couple of days, and the Giants yes. seem to be on the verge of a potential slump uh, because they've lost three straight and they're on the verge of losing four straight. So we'll see what happens. But Cobb's been good, and the Giants actually win when he pitches. Uh, the Giants are 4-0 in his last four starts. I don't know who's pitching for Seattle, so it's really tough to fully gauge, but I know that the Giants right now can't really hit. So I'm really on the fence. I'm, I'm really not sure for this game because I kind of need to see a line for it. But I guess I'm leaning Cobb, maybe first five, if you do think that the Mariners use that underwhelming triple-A guy, so we'll see what happens. But to go through Cobb's numbers, though, he's been solid in general, but he's been really, really good at home. 37 and yeah. two-thirds innings pitched, a 1.43 ERA. He's a ground ball pitcher, so he keeps the ball in the ballpark, and we know Seattle also strikes out a lot. I can see Seattle really struggling offensively in this game because of how Cobb pitches. So maybe I wouldn't mind a Seattle team total under in this game and ignore Seattle's uh, pitching entirely. I think I'm probably going to lean that way. I think that Cobb's been pitching well, and I do like the fact that he's able to keep the ball in the ballpark. It's in a friendly, uh, pitcher's friendly ballpark, so I do think that you should see a lower scoring game on principle. Give me Seattle team total under in this one. Um, Captain Sainos just called you the brains of the group there, which I think says more about us than you actually, Scott. Um, the, the numbers on San Francisco was the, the uh, that we gave out yesterday was a 197. Um, it, batting average in the last seven games and you can add to that four hits over six innings tonight uh, against Seattle. The penultimate game uh, on the show this evening is all the way to the top. It is a 9-4 Eastern first pitch between the New York Mets and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kodai Senga goes again for the New York Mets and left-handed pitcher Tommy Henry uh, goes for Arizona. Minus 125 on the Mets, plus 105 on the D-backs, total at nine and a half. Um, Scott, you handicapped this game last night with Sanger on the mound. Uh, how is he going to go tomorrow against Tommy Henry? I think he'll be okay. Uh, Dimebacks, of course, have a good offense. And Carroll back in the lineup homeward uh, on Tuesday. So he's in good form. Henry's record is good. He's at five and one, which is another one of those pitchers where you look at his numbers and they're not terrible but you vaguely remember him not being a good pitcher. You know what I mean? But his last three starts, he's been good. Uh, five and two-thirds, one run. Six and two-thirds, one run. Six innings, two runs. So he's actually been in decent form lately. Senga's been fine. He walks a ton of guys, though, which is a serious problem. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to lean to Arizona. I'm not sure if it's going to be a great price uh, for the Dimebacks here. But I do think, once again, when you're looking at the Mets being around minus 120. It does seem a little bit odd that the Mets are favored in this spot, despite being nine games under uh, on the road, potentially 10 under. We'll see how they do at the end of this game. But Arizona getting roughly even money at home with a pitcher in good form, that's good enough for me on value alone. I'll take the Dimebacks at around even money. Okay, Dylan, New York Mets, come on. Let's uh, get enthused. Are they going to win again? 
Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, we're getting we're, we're getting a we're getting a short number here with the Mets. I do agree. Uh, I only made them a minus one hundred five favorite. To be honest, here with saying I thought it was going to go today. He had a little switched him with Scherzer, but uh, I do that's think not, he that's, is. That's not a favorite, right? Because it's one fifteen and one hundred five. So yeah, yeah. So you had the Diamondbacks as the minus one fifteen favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but maybe maybe look towards the Senka K prop. Uh, maybe I saw it today before he got scratched, maybe around five and a half. But D backs, they don't really strike out a lot. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say Senga struggles on the road. He's definitely better at home, but the, the Mets just don't give him run support. You know, they don't really give any of their pitchers run support. So it's kind, kind of hard to back the Mets and whoever goes for them. But he struck out six or more batters in seven of his last, in seven of his last eight starts. So, I mean, Sanga, that's kind of the only way I really attacked his game. Total seems about right as well. Maybe look towards the Tommy fan prop. He's been hitting the ball well. But other than that, Tommy fan prop, uh, Sanga prop. But other than that, I have no business back in the Mets either. I do want to ask, though, in general, I know it's a case study for pitchers. Does it bother you at all that he's used to pitching with a normal amount of rest and now he randomly has an extra day? Does that mess up routine at all or you don't really factor that? I, I don't think so. Uh, some some pitchers, some old school pitchers, they like going every five days. But he's new into the league sometimes, and I, I really don't like how they messed it up. Usually, you go every five days or every six days, but then they kind of went in between and said, you know what? Now we're going to give you an extra day. So I, I really don't like it. But some some pitchers they don't mind it. It doesn't really go into my ha- uh, handicapping much. I think they, they don't they pitch once a week in Japan. Isn't that the standard rotation? I think. Yeah, it um, does, but I, I know Japan's been very liberal in the past on three days rest and just throwing starters out there. I think Tanaka pitched on one day's rest one time back in the day. So it's at, yeah. I, I think they usually have like once a week, but Japan can be very, very, I'd say, uh, radical with their overall rest days for pitchers. So. Those crazy kids. Um, yeah. I did fancy yesterday, or said yesterday, that I was going to give the Mets a chance to put a little run together, and I still think they might. I don't want to back them in this situation just because um, Tommy Henry's been going really well. Uh, they, they win his starts. Arizona win his starts. Five in a row, in fact. Um, he's only given up four earned runs in his last three. So I think he can go okay. I think Senga can go okay. The nine and a half might just be that half point too many. Um, and we can cash a cheeky under uh, tomorrow in this one. The final game on the card, um, we can pick. It is the 10-10 Eastern Cowboy time. First pitch between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the LA Dodgers. Uh, Osvaldo, did we go with Bido or Bido last week? Can't remember. Goes for Pittsburgh and Bobby Miller for the LA Dodgers. Plus 210 on the Pirates. Minus 250 on the Dodgers. Total is set at nine. And just before you start this one, it's got Pittsburgh a plus two something tonight. We priced them up at about plus 160 to win this uh, Tuesday game. So, yeah, fill your boots on Pirates tonight. But how are they going to go tomorrow behind uh, Bido? Yeah, I thought they'd be around 180 uh, for the Tuesday game. And it turns out they're like plus 200. I'm yeah. actually going to take a spin with Pittsburgh here. Give me a Pittsburgh money one. Let's have some fun. Uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, even though the Dodgers are the better team, and once again, they should beat Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's been in good enough form where they should not be getting north of $2. And you're looking at Bobby Miller, who has good numbers in general, 4-1 record, 4.23 ERA, which is okay. But his home numbers are really not good. He's got a 5.82 ERA at home in 21 and two-thirds. He's giving up over uh, a hit per out. So he's giving up 22 hits at home in 21 and two-thirds. But once again, I do think that when you're looking at where I think the value lies – I really don't want to lay 250 with a pitcher who has an ERA north of five at home. Pittsburgh's been okay lately. They're not a good team, but even bad teams have decent stretches. Shout out to Oakland for winning seven straight. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh money line here. This price feels a bit too high. I'll go swinging for the fences on this one. Yeah, I'm going to uh, back you up here. Pittsburgh will either win tonight, the Tuesday game, or they'll win this game tomorrow. Could even win both. And if they win one of the two, uh, there's a little bit of profit in there for us. I don't mind Bido. And Miller, three, six, and seven hundreds in his last three. I quite like the over. I think both teams could score here. But yeah, Pittsburgh are very much live in this one, uh, just as they are in the first game of the series, uh, which goes off in a couple of hours. So I'll take Pittsburgh again, uh, Dylan. 
Yeah, tough one to handicap uh, or to just get value in it. Uh, I do lean over. I like the over nine. I made my total 9.4. Dodgers swinging the bat well as of late. Besides that one game, they kind of laid a dud in uh, against the Royals. They've been able to score four or more runs in eight of their last nine games. The over is seven and three in their last 10 games. And even the Pirates, they've been able to score three or five runs this, uh, in this past week. So I agree. I don't think the Dodgers should be a minus 250, minus 240 favorite. I think the Pirates are alive here but uh I, I think we see a high scoring game here we got winds blowing out tomorrow night as well so i think we see a higher scoring game give me the over okie doke uh well done so um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls 15 games in the books handicapped um as much as we could possibly in the in the face of uh, a lot of tbd pitches and otb games um scott we will let you Lead us off with your July the 4th, 4 July the 5th, lock and dog, please. All right. Uh, so for the lock, unfortunately, I don't think I can actually take the Marlins because I don't have a line, but I do like the Marlins tomorrow, but for the record. Uh, but to look at what I'm actually going to take for the lock and dog, I think to start off with, I am going to go with that first five under in the... Uh, do I want to do that, actually? You know what? <sighs> Yeah, I, I am going to do that. I'm going to go with the first five under in that Reds and Nationals game. Might sound like a bit of a hot take because I know that, once again, Cincinnati's offense has been very solid. I think Ashcraft might have found something, and I think that he performed well last start. Maybe that carries over. I do like Gray as a pitcher. You're probably looking at a first five of around five since the total's at nine and a half. So you have a push draw in there, but I'm going to go with the first five under. I'll trust my instincts there. I think these pitchers are actually pretty solid. And I do think that as a result, this line does feel a little bit high. Give me the first five under in that Reds and Nationals game. And for my dog, I really wish I had a price on the... Uh, do we have the Astros run line available? Is that at even money? Is that minus? Probably minus, right? Uh, uh, right now, it's at minus 110. Damn it. Okay. Uh, that would be my backup lock, I guess. But you know what? Let's just have some fun with that game. Give me the Astros minus two and a half. I think they bury Colorado. I just think that when you're looking at Anderson's recent form, he might give up seven runs again in the first five innings. Houston is once again winning pretty easily in this game. They're up 4 nothing on Tuesday. I'm not shocked. Colorado, once again, really bad on the road, year in, year out. They can't pitch, and Anderson's been a gas can. I don't think he's going to be on the team for that much longer. He's been that bad. So give me the Astros minus 2.5 as my dog. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm happy. Get up the ladder. I've got looking at five different books here. And the uh, yeah, minus one ten is the best price you'll get about the standard um run line, unfortunately. And the Mets have hit the front, Dylan. They lead six to four. So on the back of that happy news, pick us some winners. Who hit it? Who scored the run or anything? I don't know. Just looking Alvarez, at the numbers. Alvarez hit a bomb. Oh Wait. nice. Uh, so, Locke, I'm going to go to the Rangers and Red Sox game. I'm going to take the under nine and a half. I just think it's way too big. I set my total at 8.6. Like I said, tur really turned it around with Bello. I think he's a really good pitcher. And they just got to give him a little run support. I think they do against Gray. But Gray's also been good. I think this game... Uh, finishes around 4-2, maybe a 4-1 type game. Give me the under there. And for my dog, was going to take uh, Pittsburgh at uh, 2-1, to one, but... I do like the Nationals. Little home puppy here. Uh, I'm going to get in front of this Reds train. But uh, I just think JoJo Gray, I think he'll be able to limit the the Reds lineup. So I'll, I'll take Josiah Gray and the Nationals here at plus 115. Yeah, I'm going to have to go double lock. I think I went double lock last night with somebody. I've locked up um, a couple of times with you recently, Dylan. Um, the, the, the two pitchers that I like, particularly Bello, obviously. So I'm going to take the under... Nine and a half. That the game tonight's finished six to two. Uh, ten hits each. I can't see uh, that much offense tomorrow being generated off these two. Uh, Bale's been great, so I'll take the under nine and a half. My dog. I'm going to go to Philly. Um, Philly at Tampa Bay. They're at a price of plus one thirty. Uh, Philadelphia. The um, Walker's just been outstanding. Say that zero eighty four ERA in his last five. And Chirinos is vulnerable. Uh, the Phillies lead tonight, 3-0 uh, in the bottom of the eight, so they are capable of eking out to win against Tampa, and I don't see why they can't go again tomorrow. I was tempted by Pittsburgh at plus 210, uh, but I will rein it in a little bit, and I'll go for Philadelphia at plus 130. Um, is that an, is that an think, official price? Because I'm, I'm trying to find that. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find that too. I don't see plus one thirty. Okay, well, why have I? I don't see it's not what you said, Dylan. He speculated no. it'd be one fifth. Yeah. Oh right. Oh well, I've written that down, but... and because it, because it was so long ago, I've now just forgotten and taken that as gospel. Okay I'm, then. I'm assuming there'll be a slight dog. I, truth is, I think one fifty was a little bit ambitious because they were one forty tonight with uh, Eflin going against Nola. I'm assuming Tampa is going to be like minus one twenty if I if I had to guess. Um. Okay. Well. Okay. Right. It's pure so speculation. Philly going to win. Me, but Scratch that. It'll be around there. Give me Pittsburgh then at plus two nah, ten. If you're going to force me into that, we get out there. They're going to win one of these two games. Uh, maybe even both. Um. So yeah. Thank you, boys. Thank you, everyone who joined us. I know it's a busy day. Um. Dylan, what does the rest of July the fourth look like for you? Uh, gonna have a couple more hot dogs. Um, gonna go shoot some fireworks uh, in the backyard, and then uh, call it a night. Got a Dana White contender series tonight. Uh, hopefully, Conor McGregor gets a win, but I doubt that. What is, is he zero six? Yeah, zero and six, and there's like leak videos that he's gonna lose tonight too. So, <laughs> what's Conor Not- McGregor up to? What's he? What's going yeah, on tonight? They do, they do the ultimate fighter coaching thing where him and another fighter coach some prospects and they fight against each other. Uh, so, okay. this, so this year it's the veterans versus the prospects. And my, um, Conor McGregor has all the prospects and they're they're all getting beat up by all the veterans. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Scott, July the 4th, the rest of uh, the evening for you? Um, hang, I'm spending some time with my family. A bit of a weird morning because we got a visitor this uh, morning. A turtle showed up in our backyard, and it's been chilling in the pool. So we found a random turtle. I don't know where it came from. I uh, I decided to name it Shelton, and it's our temporary pet. So where do you live? In uh, New York. Just uh, casually turtle. Long Island in the backyard. Not know. known for its turtle population, I don't think. No, I've never seen a turtle outside of a zoo before, uh, and it just showed up in my backyard. Oh, uh, this is great. Why have we been talking about this for the last hour? How big is it? Uh, I'd say it's yay big, probably like five pounds, <laughs> give or take. Oh, really? I wondered if you tell me that it was like no, five foot long. Tortoise. No, it's not a tortoise. But Oh, that's fantastic. Is it still chilling in your pool? Yeah, I think so. That's great. <laughs> this is great. Why? Whoa, we, we've just wasted an hour talking about baseball. We could have been talking about Scott's turtle. Oh, holy shit. Send me a photo. Put a photo in Slack or Discord. I have a photo. I can send it to you. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, or Twitter it out. Well, that's absolutely made my night. Uh, I'm going to go and watch the bottom couple of innings in the the Phillies race and have a little cup of tea and go to bed because it's nearly midnight. Thanks, everyone. Um, I hope everyone's had a great 4th of July. Spent it how you would have wished to. Uh, Thank you, Dylan and Scott. We'll be back tomorrow in some iteration or other. Um, Until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.